Eternal Rock of Ages, we just want to bless your name once again. Thank you for another opportunity to study your word. As we continue with our study in the book of Haggai, Father, please once again speak to our hearts. Teach us yourself and let your name be glorified in each of our hearts. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. So we read Haggai chapter 1 verse 14. Haggai chapter 1 verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. We have seen how God told the people that he is with them. And by that statement, he signified his acceptance of their repentance. He also signified that he will be working with them henceforth in the building of the temple. Finally, he was signifying that he will be present with them to protect them, to provide for them, to help them overcome life's challenges, to help them overcome temptation, to prosper them in all that they do, and so on and so forth. We noted that if God is to remain with us, we must remain with him. We are not only to remain with him, but we must hate sin and we must remain humble. Now we come to verse 14 and we see why God made the statement, I am with you. The Bible says that God stirred the spirit of the prince, the spirit of the priests, and the spirit of the people to enable them to do the work of the house of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Whenever we do the work of God, the Spirit of God would have to stir our spirits into doing that work. Haggai chapter 1 verse 14 brings to the fore a very present truth about the work of God. And that is that the work of God can only be done by God himself. But then we have to ask, how is he going to do this work himself when we are also involved and is asking us to do the work? Well, this is how God does the work. He works in us through sanctification. Through sanctification, he purges us, he purifies us, and then he perfects us. And then he now does his work through us. Sanctification prepares us to be able to receive the Spirit of God in our lives. It also enables us to obey God so that it is easy for God to do his work through us. It is like a man who wants to lift a heavy thing and then he puts on a pair of gloves so that he can lift that thing. Nobody will say that it was the gloves lifting the thing. It is the man lifting the thing with the gloves on. God is like the hands and we are like the gloves. So God puts us on and then he through us is able to do his work. So what God does is using the analogy of the gloves is to pick a pair of gloves from maybe a dustbin or somewhere wash it thoroughly, clean it thoroughly, dry it properly, make sure that it is sanitized, and then you can put your hands into the gloves and do the work that you want to do. Every work of God must be initiated by God. In this particular case, he called them to repentance. He was the one who initiated the call to repentance. And then after they had repented, he inspired them by stirring up their spirit. And then he implemented the work by working through them. And the result of all this is what the Bible calls good works. So for the work of God to be acceptable to God, which means it is good works, 
God must initiate it, God must inspire it, and God must implement it. Without this process, nothing that we do for God will be acceptable to God. In other words, if God does not initiate a work, he doesn't accept it. And whatever he initiates, he will also inspire. And whatever he inspires, he will also implement. And so one might ask the question, what is our own role in all of this since God is the one doing his work? I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 20 to 22 so that we can see what our own role is in doing the work of God. And I read, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Our role in the work of God is to make ourselves sanctified. When we are sanctified, we are useful to God to do good works. So as believers, what we need to do is to make ourselves available, usable, and willing to be used by God. Using the analogy of the hands and the gloves, can you imagine the gloves fighting the hands and insisting that it wants to carry the load itself without the hands? That load will never be lifted because the gloves cannot lift it and the gloves is quarreling with the hands. So it's not possible for that job to be done. I want us to understand that this is God's way of doing things. Is not just something that is happening in the book of Haggai. For example, when God wanted the tabernacle built in the wilderness, he is the one who initiated it. He called Moses to the mountain and told Moses that he wanted Moses to get the people together so that they can build a tabernacle where he can come and be with them. It was God who provided the items that they were going to use to build the tabernacle. God had told the children of Israel to go to the Egyptians and borrow things, as many as they could. And the Egyptians gave them gold, silver, all kinds of things. The Bible says that the children of Israel spoiled the Egyptians. Even the people who were going to be involved in the physical building of the tabernacle, God chose them and said he had put his spirit in them so that they can do the work. Unfortunately, while Moses was receiving the instructions for the building of the tabernacle, the people sinned against God by using the things that God had given to them for the tabernacle to build a gold calf. And so God had to deal with that issue before he could even do any other thing. Thus, whenever we use the thing that God has given to us to do our own thing or to worship an idol until we come to repentance, God cannot use us. Eventually, when the children of Israel repented and changed their ways, God again gave the instruction and was involved in the building of the tabernacle in the wilderness. Indeed, the Bible tells us that when Moses went to inspect the tabernacle, it was exactly what he saw on the mountain. Don't forget that Moses was the only one on the mountain. No other person saw that tabernacle. All they received from Moses was Moses' words and the Spirit of God that came upon Eholiab and Bezalel. Back to the book of Haggai, in order to build the temple in Haggai's time, God needed to be involved with the people. He needed to inspire them. He needed to implement it so that the building can be acceptable to him. In the same way, you and I must make ourselves available to God. 
we must make ourselves usable by God. We must be willing to do whatever it is that God wants us to do. Let us not forget that when we talked about the temple in Haggai's time, we are speaking of our bodies. We are speaking of ourselves. And so God must be involved in the development of our lives. God is the one who is initiating the spiritual growth of our lives. He's the one who is inspiring us to grow spiritually. And he's involved in implementing the building of our lives and the lives of other people so that he can come and dwell in us and dwell among us. If God is not involved in the development of our spiritual lives, he cannot come and indwell any one of us. We cannot build the church of God with our own understanding. We must receive instructions from God and we must allow God to develop the church, which are the people who gather under one roof. And like God stirred up the leaders and the people, God will also stir up the pastor and the people so that their lives can be built by God himself. What we now need to do henceforth is to say to God, say, Father, I submit my life to you. Do with me as it pleases you. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 7 that it is not those who say, Lord, Lord, who will enter into the kingdom of God. It is those who do the will of his Father in heaven who will enter into the kingdom of God. And if we must be able to do the will of God, we must continually be sanctified. It is sanctification that enables us to obey God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word today. I want to bless your name for teaching us about how you do your work in us and through us. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be surrendered totally to you so that you can do a work of complete sanctification in our lives. I pray also, Lord, that we will be dedicated and consecrated unto you so that you can find us available, usable, and willing to do your work. I pray also, Lord, that you are going to help us to build not just our lives, but the lives of others, so that you can come and indwell all of us as we stand as a tabernacle for you to come and live in. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.